your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, a recent report from Carzone shed light on the significant impact of rising fuel costs on motorists. 62% of drivers have curtailed their journeys and an increasing number are contemplating a reduction in household vehicles. The number of them gives us a snapshot of the challenges and choices facing motorists right now. Have you made changes or decisions based on cost? Well, James is on the line this morning. Hello, James. How are you? Hiya, Joe. How are you? Good. So, what have you done? Um, so, I currently live in, in Limerick, but I, I work in Ennis, and um, I used to, to drive most days, um, every day, really. Um, but I suppose maybe two years ago, when the the fuel increase um, really hit us, I I started to take the train and, and just try out an alternative option. And I suppose in the last maybe 12 months, I've been taking the train, um, not all the time, um, but I've been taking it maybe at least three or four times a week and I've noticed a big difference in my in my spending or, or you know what I'm saving um, so much so that I've bought an annual train ticket um, uh, which I can kind of claim back through my tax um, so I've made huge savings in, in that sense um, I think roughly speaking to get from, from Limerick to Ennis by car cost me about 14 euro in fuel and they're, they're about you know depending on how much they are at the pumps. Um, whereas with with the train, I think, you know, depending on how much you use the train, um, against the, the cost of the annual ticket, you can get it for as little as, you know, six euro return. So you're saving nearly 50%, um, which is do you uh, Do you like the train? I actually do, yeah. No, I, I suppose I, I don't find it too bad. You know, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to it. Um, you know, the service isn't um, extremely frequent or extremely fast, but, you know, then you, I suppose you... you you're not dealing with traffic congestion or tailbacks um, and you can sit back and you know read a book or read the paper or listen to the radio whatever and and not have to pay attention to the traffic so yeah look i, I suppose you know I'm, I'm would be would be open to public transport myself i use this quite a lot and um, and i know it's not i suppose I'm, I'm in the position where you know i have the option and i know a lot, a lot of people don't have the option so i suppose maybe when you have the option you should you should consider it uh, and it's it's working out for me. Um, and and what about your car then? Uh, well, I still need my car for work. Um, so, you know, I, I still have to keep a car. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm not saving on maybe the insurance side of things or the tax side of things, but I am saving a lot on the fuel. Um, so there are savings to be made. But as I said, like, I, I do need my car for work. Not every day, but there are days when I need to get to a site that isn't, you know, accessible by, you know, public transport or on foot. Um, and I use it, you know, to, to get places, you know, if I'm going to the supermarket or whatever at the weekends, um, I, I do use my car. So I'm not completely getting rid of my car, but I suppose I am reducing my my usage of it, and I'm saving mainly for um, the fuel side of things. Um, right. Insurance is still expensive, and tax is still there, um, and the upkeep of the car. But I suppose with, with less use comes less wear and tear. Sure. Uh, James is with us. Uh, listener Declan is also on the line. Hello, Declan. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? So, what's your experience then? Well, my experience initially is that right now I'm incredibly lucky and privileged because I live 40 minutes walk from my workplace. So, I can get out and walk and I don't have to, I don't have to um, drive. Uh, but I also 
didn't drive for a very long period of time. Uh, and what I've discovered with that is that there's a fundamental failing here, which is which comes back to something that, that, that uh, the last caller just said, which is sometimes you have to drive. Uh, Ireland is a country in which it is almost impossible to not have a car, not just in the countryside, which of course we can talk about, but even in the suburbs and cities. Um, our public transport is terrible. Uh, and we do not have walkable city spaces. So very, very often, if you want to get somewhere, it's inaccessible anyway other than by car. Uh, if you want to talk about like going forward, um, I live in Castle Troy, which is the fastest-growing sub- suburb in Ireland. And um, we're getting, as you're probably aware, Joe, um, a local train line in the transport plan for the market that's going to connect up places like Lisnagry and Castle Connell and Mungrup to the city centre. I love the way you're saying that. You sound like it's coming tomorrow. But, yeah. First of all, that. First of all, exactly that. It's not coming for at least five years. Second of all, they're not building an inch of new rail line in this, and they're not building any new stations. So that train coming in from this Negrion Castle Connell to the city centre will go through Castle Troy, which is not only the fastest growing suburb in Ireland, but also has the University of Limerick, and will not stop. But, 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 uh, so like, but what about Bally Simon? Are they not building it? It, it, it will, they are building something in Bally Simon, it will stop in Bally sure, Simon. Si- Bally Simon's um, only a, 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 a quick stroll to well, UL. Well, that depends, it's a quick stroll to UL, but it's not a quick stroll from anywhere in Castle Troy. It's a good hour's walk for me. So, you know, it's, and I live in you know, the, big, the most populous part of Castle Troy. Uh, so that's useless to most people. It'll be useful for the kind of UL student who lives up that end near Grudy. Sure, that's great. Um, but imagine running a rail link through to a suburb and not stopping in the suburb. Uh, we have a Minister for Transport who said about, what, six months ago that investment in public transport was a mistake because people should be walking. Like, okay, what if you're old? Oh, what, wait, but I know the Green... Know? Uh, I, look, I don't want to speak for the likes of Brian <laughs> Ledden now, but, I mean, you know, he, he has been a massive advocate mm. for rail. And to be Obvi- fair, the Minister for I'm Transport, not, not certainly in I'm interviews he's done on this show, Declan, has been a big mm. advocate for rail as, as one of many on options. But I am quoting the Minister. Uh, and we have, you know, there are other alternatives too, obviously, in terms of things like, you know, electric vehicles are becoming more popular. But wait, wait a second, you're not, you're, not ser- you're not seriously suggesting, though, that the Green leader is anti-rail. I mean, that just that does not compute. I'm not suggesting... I would, I would be shocked to find that the Green Party or the leaders of, of the Green Party were anti-public transport in any way, because it does not, as you say, compute. However... In his capacity as Minister for Transport, he did specifically say that he would infinitely rather see people walking than investing further in public transport. And if you think those two quotes, those, that quote does not compute with the party line, I, or with other things the Minister has said, I would be inclined to agree with you. Mm. However, it was said, and it was said on the record. So we are all left to make of that what we will. Um, but just maybe he just thinks the walking is healthier. Well, walking is healthier mm. if you can walk. And if the thing that is that you need to get to is available within walking distance, walking is also not an option if, for example, you have a family and you need to do a family grocery shop that you can't physically carry home in your two hands. So, so your, your, have, your, your tendency, if you could, would be to drop the car. Yes. Um, I think, frankly, it's, it's better for not just the environment, it's better for the money in your pocket, and it's better for... You know, the, the, the environment in which you live in the sense of wouldn't you rather have roads that weren't congested three, four times a day for up to an hour at a time? Um, so where possible, drop the car. But in 
the setup we live in, it's very rarely possible for big things. So done with this recent report from CarZone shedding light on the significant impact of rising fuel costs on motorists. 62% of drivers have curtailed their journeys and an increasing number are contemplating a reduction in the number of household vehicles. And we heard from listeners James and Declan before the break. Brian Byrne, motoring journalist with Irish Car and Travel, is also with us. Morning to you, Brian. Uh, Good morning, Joel. What is your assessment then of where we are? Yeah, I just think your introduction might be a little bit slightly flawed about the impact of rising fuel costs having all having, you know, being the being the being the reason for this. If you look at it, we're still in or around the same price for fuel as we were in November 2021, October 2022 and September 2023. So while there have been bumps and valleys in between those periods, we're actually paying the same price for fuel. Uh, as we were back in September 20. Uh, in, in so are you, are you saying then that it's more perception by a lot of motorists uh, of this? No, because obviously no. that was the, well, yeah. that, I mean, yeah. this is, the, this is the, the particular report. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, while, while the price of fuel is pretty well what it was for the last three years, Overall, living costs have gone up so much in other ways with inflation and with uh, other uh, things that are happening since the war in Ukraine and everything else that people are trying to make savings where they can. Now, they can't make savings easily on their rent or mortgage because they, they don't come down at all and they're pretty, you know, they have to keep, uh, keep those going. They can't. Uh, make savings much on food and other necessities because they've all gone up too and they don't come down unless you unless you simply go for cheaper options and uh, car insurance has gone up and you can't for instance make uh, savings on that because if you have a car you have to uh, have, have it insured so what they're doing is they're trying to make savings by re- by reducing the use of their car because fuel is something that they can have some control over the amount of, of fuel they use by the amount of usage of the car and so you, and i think that i think that's faster that is would you say that's yeah. sensible well look it's it's everything is sensible saving money where you can when you have to because uh, the, the you know you know we 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 we, have, we all have to live we have to get our families uh, going the whole time and we have to have to keep keep saving where we can where we're feeling the pinch so it, 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 that's where that's where I think the the issue is people yes are making savings uh, by by cutting down on the car possibly I'm not too sure. Uh, that what people are suggesting in this survey, and when you when you talk to somebody, make us do a survey with somebody, they'll often think tell you what they think you want to know, and a survey is I, I don't know what the questions were in that survey, but maybe are you cutting are you going to cut back on 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 uh, fuel on your driving because the fuel cost might have been a question I don't know, uh, but that says it, the the overall thing hasn't isn't is correct. People are trying to make uh, make savings, and they're trying to do it. One of the ways they can do it is cut down on driving. And your your two contributors, James and Declan, made really, really solid and practical and, and, and valid points uh, about public transport, about the the lack of good public transport, and everything there. But you know, it's it's um, and, and presumably, we're, Brian, we're, we're, if you go from two cars to one car, then you know, hmm. there you are. That's, well, that's well, that's, uh, yeah, well, that'll be a saving, and we have, but the, but the again, the level of car of of car ownership in this uh, country hasn't changed much since oh two thousand and ten, 
it's about 400, uh, 430, 440 cars per thousand population. Uh, so it's it's not, um, you know, that, that that hasn't been changing. No, the and, and we uh, in penetration of car ownership, we're actually still a bit a bit on the low side across Europe. <coughs> that said, we have a very rural env- uh, country. We have um, one and a quarter is a million people living in the main city of in, in Dublin, and then the rest are all around the country. We have a very rural country, and as Declan said, it's a country where you can't not have a car. If you want to get things done, if you want to raise your family, if you want to do everything that you well, need to do. And, and the other thing, Brian, is I mean, a very great example of that. Uh, I know the hearing started yesterday is that we still don't have a rail link between Dublin City Centre and the airport, no. and maybe we never will have one in truth. Yeah, that, that's that's possibly true. Now, getting back on to the, the usage of the car and stuff like that, I, I took a look at the traffic volumes, for instance, In uh, I, I picked very local to to the station, the uh, stretch of road between Castle Troy and Anacotti. And the average daily traffic on that in 2022 was 16,751 vehicles. In 2023, it was 17,788. And this year so far, it's 17,362. Now, in my own personal driving, wherever I drive, I don't see a reduction in traffic kind of uh, anecdotally and certainly the the traffic volumes at various points around the country don't show a decrease in volume and that again backs up the fact that you can't not have a car in this country because of the very very poor public transport system and until the public transport system both rurally and certainly in the cities is is vastly improved and that's going to take years and it's going to take commitment by governments of all stripes uh, until that happens we're not going to be able to do without a car in this okay. country. Okay. Well, listen, f- fantastic to talk to you and thank you very much uh, for um, your expertise. As always, that's Brian Byrne, motoring journalist with Irish Car and Travel. That's where you will find Brian. And thank you so much to our listeners, uh, Declan and James, uh, for their excellent points as well. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live.